0: Hi, I'm Greg Rockefeller.
1: I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family YA book club podcast.
0: Today, we'll be discussing Glass Sword, the second book in the Red Queen series by Victoria Aviard.
2: So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Welcome back to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is episode 20, part two of Glass Sword, chapter 20. We have finally made it to where episode and chapter <laughs> are the same. Episode twenty, part two of chapter twenty.
1: It next deal will be episode twenty-one, chapter twenty-one. It feels so good, and it's gonna feel good until we have to split another the episode. Next, yeah, because and we will. Then it'll be out of sync again. We're making that. Yep. But at least it'll be. It, it may be easier to manage. Yeah. Because instead of being like, wait. Are we still behind? We'll be like, we know we're ahead because we we have split another episode. So for all the
2: OCD listeners who it has been driving you (laughs) just as crazy as it has been driving Mia and I. It is now perfectly balanced. We are synced up for now, episode and chapter wise. So we will try to keep it that way because it's easier for us. It's easier for y'all. But this one we just had to split up because I was half the chapter in and already 11 pages into my notes and thought... I do not uh, want to shortchange this chapter for the listeners. No, we could not do that to you guys.
1: Especially not this chapter, which sets so perfectly up the next chapter. This half that we're going to be talking about was a good place to break it, I think, because all of this is... While a lot happens, a lot of it is also setting up what's going to happen yeah. in the next chapter. Right. So it doesn't seem important now, but next chapter it will. I, yeah,
0: And I... I love how in this chapter Mare gets kind of blindsided by the fact that she doesn't n- have everything all together. She doesn't know what's actually going on right. around her. Like mm-hmm. she thinks all these things are going on and she doesn't even really realize why Callorne's mad at her or why I mean there's so much that she kind of finds out about herself too in the back half so we definitely needed a whole another episode.
2: Would you say that Mare has underestimated the Scarlet Guard? Yes. Yeah. Yet that again. never happens. Oh,
1: my God. JK, it happens all the time. It has gotten to the point where we'll be watching something else, and it will just be, like, things that are really common in whatever we're watching. Then we'll just throw in and, you know, underestimate the Scarlet Guard. Right. It's just a joke in this family now.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Like the I don't want to be a pawn in your game? Yes.
1: <laughs> At least that one is, like, that's just a... YA trope.
2: Right. But it was so funny. How funny was that? <laughs> Listeners, if you guys have not watched it yet, which I hope by the time this comes out, you have, finish this episode first. Finish, then yes. go to Netflix and watch Wednesday. It is hilarious. Jenna Ortega totally nails it as Wednesday. And there's a part where she's talking to her adorable chipper roommate. And uh, she's changing her mind about something. Her roommate had pitched to her and now she's going to go along with it. And the roommate says, so what made you change your mind? And Wednesday says, I didn't want to be a pawn in someone's evil game. And I was like, ah, she's perfect for Mare. (laughs) Right there, right out of her own mouth. She's perfect for mayor. She says that in like chapter 11 (laughs) of the first book. Um, Did she
1: even make it that far?
2: Yeah, because it's after the Queen's trial.
1: Yeah. How far is Queen's trial in, though?
2: I thought it was chapter 11. Oh. I thought chapter 10 was the chapter she fell. I thought she it, said it
0: to Kalorin it in her, their first conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Well, we'll, we'll look back at it, and this will all be settled. Some of you are probably like, hang on, I'm going to pause this exactly. and look at the book right now. Yeah. You're screaming. <laughs> it's annoying you just as much as it's annoying me.
2: Email us so we don't have to look it up. <laughs>
1: Mom, the book is just right in my bedroom. That's true. That's true. You
2: know the book a lot better than either one of us do. And I don't. I, I don't have a physical copy of the book. Yes, I, I have I, an a audible copy of the book. Yes. So
1: I am technically the only one that has a physical copy of these books. Right.
0: But I too
2: have
1: access to right, the right, copies. and I, I have the digital copies. Right. And then I
2: could also borrow yours. Yes,
1: you, they're just in my right, bedroom. Just in your room, right?
2: So, we pick up our discussion in Chapter 20. Um, Mayor and Ada have just had a little tiff because we have found out that all the 15-, 16-, and 17-year-olds are going to – the first batch of them are going to the front lines to march with the legions that are replacing the ones that are currently at the choke. So, nine legions are there, nine are going to replace them, and a tenth is going along to basically be Operation Human Shield, if you've seen the South Park movie. Yes. They're going to send this wave of people in first to take all the bullets, and then when the other side doesn't have any bullets left, they send the other ones in. Only this Operation Human Shield is not all the black people from the town, it's all the children. So we're just swapping one for the other. It's fantastic. And, of course, Mare is going to feel like all of this blood is on her hands because she's the one that read the measures that caused all these 15-, 16-, and 17-year-olds to get conscripted in the first place. So none of them would even be there, they think, if she hadn't read the measures. Okay. I don't know how anybody doesn't be like she was forced to read those.
1: Especially now? Yeah.
2: But – but I get it. I mean, I get it.
1: And it's the fact that Mare is still putting this on herself, even though she knows that it wasn't really her fault.
2: That is true. Very much so. She is continuing to take that blame. And yes. not not ever once saying I was forced to do that. You know, yeah. she is more than happy to continue wallowing in that. Yes. So, and I, that's exactly why they did it, because they knew that that would, it would have that effect on her. Yep. Ada tells Mare that Maven is going to be in Delphi, which is only an hour's flight from where they are. And that makes Mare uncomfortable. She does not want to be within an hour of Maven's reach. And then- uh, Cal comes out and he's kind of shaking the sleep off but heard what she said and is waking up very fast and is like, why is he in Delphi again? Again, why? He was just there. Why would he go back? And Ada says that now that he has been uh, coronated,
1: I think so, yeah. His coronation has happened. Right.
2: Now, now that he wears the crown, he's been crowned, he's the king. There you go. He is going to Delphi, to the Lairland family, to give his condolences for the losses that they suffered in the shooting at the Hall of the Sun. What,
1: the Sun shooting? Is that what they called it yes. on the news? Yeah, the, the Sun, sun shooting. shooting. So he's making a big Which deal Which I about think this. is right. a good name for it, and it is what I will call it from here on out. Yeah, I like the Sun
2: shooting. It works. Yeah. Especially when they, like, continue to remind you that the rising sun... Yeah. The rising red sun is the Scarlet Guard thing. Yeah. So. They haven't said that as much in this book as they did in the first one, but... Yes. Anywho. So, yeah. Why why is Maven going to do that? Like, he already came and they paid condolences to the Lairland family. It It doesn't make any sense why he would be back there... Again, uh, Mayor is not really thinking about that. She's thinking that the Lairlands are dead because of her.
1: Right. So <laughs> she's having her own little pity party yeah. over here. So
2: she just went from one pity party to another, another. pity party. Yep. So all these kids are dying because of her. The little Lairland twins died because of her. Bellicose died because she wasn't strong enough to stand up and say, we don't need to have political executions, even though Farley would have done it whether they wanted them to or not you know like she had no control over that but she thinks she did
1: okay also i love how cal is being just so realistic about this he's like no, 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 no. maven wouldn't do that even for appearances right he does not care yeah. about them at all
2: he's already killed all the new bloods in delphi he doesn't care about the laraland family so, so he, why would he go back there
1: but he, he has to have a reason right And Like another reason.
2: Yeah. Cal opens his mouth like he expects the reason to just fall out of it if he (laughs) opens it. But as we've already established in the last episode, Cal Cal not word word good. good. So he cannot think of a way to express what he's thinking. Like he can't put Maven's intentions into the proper words because his brain doesn't work that fast. The hamster wheel in his mind does not spin (laughs) as fast as when Betty's on it. (laughs) Yes. Ada's brain is Betty. And Cal's brain is Mare. (laughs) Yes. On her wheel.
1: Yes. At her fattest. Yeah. Yeah. Just like. And slowest. Plobbing along. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of like.
2: This isn't even Mm. really fun, but I'm doing it anyway.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. My owners come over and give me treats and look at me all cute when I do this, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's just asleep at the wheel. <laughs> sometimes it is it's not even running, and that's when he's just like Burr.
2: Pretty much. Yeah. That's when they try to talk about any kind of strategy outside of basic military strategy.
1: <laughs> and then he just like Burr.
2: Yeah, he he can't figure it out. Like Cal's brain is for Large troop movements—that's what he has studied. He doesn't know anything about
1: anything else. Spy
2: work, undercover work, intrigue—the guy can't even cross a river without clomping through it. <laughs> Politics. Like he's wearing clown shoes. So you know, yeah, finesse is not Cal's mm-hmm. special specialty for sure. Oh
0: no. Oh no, not at all.
2: Mayor says, Well, I don't care if he's gonna be in Delphi, we're going to Pataris, and that's final. We've got things to go do there. I don't care if we're within an hour of his flight, we're going. It's not gonna change the right. plan we had for our day.
1: Also, Nanny's coming.
2: Right. Nanny's coming. cow For whatever that's coming. worth. Yeah. Well, Nanny's been asking to be helpful. Yeah. She's tired of just watching the kids. She wants to go out and do something helpful. She's got a pretty useful skill if they can find the proper way to use it.
1: And I think they do.
2: Right. We find out that Herrick is not down with recruitment missions anymore after the baby Yeah, he has not gone on thing. one
1: since Template. Yeah. So yeah. Can't really blame him
2: for that. No. Can't blame him for that at all.
0: No, for sure.
2: So they're flying to Pataris And they have to fly into something, uh, an area called the Rift, which is basically just like some razor-looking mountains and then like a huge valley in between these uh, mountain ranges. And you can see it like all the way up in the air, like where it goes from the wealthy area to the poor area. And as you're starting to get closer to the choke, you're starting to see all of this damage where people don't live anymore.
1: And they look like scratches. Like it almost looks like a hand, like a giant yeah, hand did like this. like a big
2: claw went through yeah. there and scratched it. But it's, it's really just the rivers and everything that have been running through the valleys, you know, over thousands of years have eroded everything away. But it does look like fingers are scraping it, which has to be
1: super cool to look at. But also kind of... Creepy. Creepy? Yeah. Like, oh, that looks really cool. And it's like, this is natural, but it kind of looks man-made. It looks too perfect to be natural. Yeah. But like, ah, scared. <laughs> yeah.
2: And there are a lot of places in Norda that are man-made like that. Yeah. So. You know, it's not it's not out of the question for them to say that it looks like it, but this particular one is not. It just looks really cool from and there. And
1: it's, it's, it's too big. Like, this whole stretch of land looks like this. There's no yeah. way they put in the effort for this. Right.
2: So, Pataris is the capital of this rift area, and the rift is mostly wilderness, and Pataris is the capital... And it's an industrial hub because this area is all about steel and iron mining. And it's right on the fork of a river. So they're able to send goods out of here super quick.
1: To be fair.
2: To be fair. To
1: be fair. Pataris is the capital because it's the only city in the whole region. Everything else is just woods, basically. Yes. So it's not hard to be the capital when you're the only city there. Correct. It's like, it's not that hard to get first place if you're the only one in the division.
2: Right. Now, House Laris, which are the wind weavers, they can can affect, you know, the wind wind and stuff. But just wind. It's not just a clever name. Right. Because nymphs do water, burners do fire, green wardens do earth.
1: Yeah. And then... All the other ones. All the the other ones who aren't... I Elemental just went for related. the four elements.
2: Right, right. i just nailing those out real quick. But how Samos is the, has this ancestral home, like they own all of this land, and, and all of the iron yeah. and coal that comes out of these mines is all theirs. So that's why they have all this money. Coincidentally, it also means that whenever there's a war going on, like there has been for the last hundred years... It's incredibly profitable to them.
1: Yeah. They don't want the, this war to end. Yeah, they
2: don't want this war to end because you need iron to make guns and stuff and you need coal to power all the trains and everything that move. So they definitely want this war to continue going on because that just means that they're going to keep making more money.
1: And because later in the series, House Samos is so synonymous with the Rift region, yeah. I for, every time I read this, I'm surprised that another house actually governs it i'm like what i oh right sorry
2: well because they're not really great at politics they're they're too vicious and too greedy yeah they would never be able to succeed in actual politics yeah they just give money to everything they give money to the politicians to do the dirty work for them
1: yeah oh god just just wait until we meet Evangeline's mom.
2: Right. Now also they are putting some stock in Evangeline being queen, and that's how they're gonna put their foothold into politics. Yeah. Is that not they're that going Evangeline's to, good at it either, no, but she'll at least but, be with
1: someone who is. And then
2: her kid will, you know, be like in line for the throne, and that's how you become a political family without being good at politics.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> I mean it works.
2: It happens all. All the time. I'm looking at you, Teresa hines Carry She had nothing but money. That's all she had. It was just money. Yeah. And she was almost the first lady. So there you go. I mean, not almost, let's be fair. The election <laughs> wasn't really, really close, but she came in second place to being first lady. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. But that's right. just first loser. Exactly.
2: Second place is just first loser. We find out that the nearest place for them to land to Pataris is 15 miles away.
1: The nearest place with good cover. It's the nearest Rift Valley. Right. There are other places they could land, but it'd be much riskier to land there because it's not covered very well. Wouldn't be 15 nearly 15 miles.
2: Safe. Like, Shade is going to be doing a lot of hopping. Uh, yeah. Because 15 miles is a long way.
1: And, you know, Farley's not going to like that. Yeah. She doesn't like jumping. No. She really doesn't. doesn't. Flying is fine. Jumping, no. She doesn't do that, no.
2: Yeah. It's only like three and a half miles from here to my house. Yeah. So imagine like four times more that. Yeah. Or to my house and back and to my house and back. That's one way. That's crazy. But I guess that's what they, I mean, you know, it's what they've been doing every day is just out there hoofing it. Like my dad in Vietnam, you know, you walk so much one day, and then the next day you walk more, and then the next day you walk more, and after a while, you don't even notice that you've been walking all day. So, plus they have shade to do at least a little bit of the jumping.
1: And it is more than 15 miles. Important distinction. Exactly.
2: Nanny is loving every minute of this. It's a really (laughs) rough landing, and they get to the bottom, and she's just like, is it always this fun? While like Shade is over barfing on the floor <laughs> because he doesn't like flying, even though he's totally fine with jumping. Whereas he and Farley, Farley are exact yeah.
1: opposites in that way. Farley
2: loves to sit in the front and fly so she can see everything, but she hates jumping.
1: Farley is that kid when you're on a road trip that's just like faces glued to the window. Yeah, And there's like, ah, I right. see it all. Look at the trees. Oh, there's cows. Moo! <laughs> yes, Farley, we, we get it. Yeah. Sit down. But it's so pretty. Yeah, I know.
2: We also find out that on this mission is a new blood, a recent recruit named Gareth Baumant. This is his third recruitment trip in four days. Seriously, people, take a vacation. Just one <laughs> day where you don't do anything for crying out loud.
1: But Gareth was a. It was his third recruitment in four days, which means there was a, I guess, a day that he didn't go. That he didn't go, but somebody (laughs) went. Right. Because if you don't, Mare
2: gets really mad. You can't waste (laughs) one day. She gets really mad. Real mad. But Gareth used to be the horse master for the house, Eral. So he worked directly for the Panther herself. So this guy knows a lot of stuff because anybody who's read any books about society people knows that uh, the people that know the most about them are probably going to be their maid and the horse trainer because when they're out there with the other rich people and they're riding the horses, they talk about all their rich people stuff and the horse trainers hear it all. Seriously, Read the books like Princess Diana's book, like all that kind of stuff. They talk about all that stuff when they're in the barn, and they think nobody's paying attention, and the horse trainers hear all of it. Because I because
0: they don't they don't see them as people. Yeah, right, they don't they see them as people. Same thing. Like
2: like you're the manicurist or the hair people. They just talk about they just talk in front of them because it doesn't even yeah they don't even see them as people. So yeah, this guy probably knows a lot. Also, in addition to that. He's got a pretty cool ability.
1: Yeah, he does. So this, my problem, I'm going to go on a little bit of a, an ability rant here. Oh, wait.
2: Hold on. We get an opportunity here that I can't pass up. Okay. Because Gareth ta- has said about the panther in the past where everybody else <laughs> um, called her, you know, the panther because she was sleek and she had long black hair. Gareth called her the silk bitch. <laughs> And because the book says it, I get to say it on the podcast, and you so don't I get feel to say "bitch," it. and I'm really excited. So, silk, bitch. There we go. <laughs> now we can move on.
1: Anyway, ability rant here. I have always been like I'm kind of over the idea of having specifically the ability to fly. Right. It's been used so many times, and unless it's either done in a really cool way or it's used in a really cool way, I like I'm, I'm kind of over it. However, this makes it cool. <laughs> yeah. Because he can't just fly. He, can he make manipulates you. gravity. He
0: can make you fly.
1: Right. So, like, it, it doesn't necessarily have to happen to himself. That's just the way he's currently which, using it.
0: Which, I mean, if we get on a nerd rant for half a second... Mm-hmm. I think would how it would be how flying would actually work. I think right. it even the way it works technically for Superman. If you ever watch him, he floats in right. the comic book. He always had. He didn't just fly.
2: Right. But it made me think of the part in Armageddon when they're training with the astronauts, and Michael Clark Duncan is like laughing with Steve Buscemi or whatever, and the lady astronaut comes over, and she's like, "I'm trying to tell tell you about how." This spacesuit is gonna keep you on the surface of the moon when we're out there. So if I come over and I would kick if you if you weren't listening and you didn't know how to turn this on and I come over and I kick you in the balls, what would happen? And he'd be like, I would float away. <laughs> <laughs> like if you went over and just kicked Gareth in the balls, he'd be like, I would float away. Or I would make you float away for kicking me in the balls. That's
0: the cool part is the fact that he can use it.
1: Yes. Talk about like a
2: skidooch and right. the person is just like out of here. Extraterrestrial.
1: Yeah. It's it's the fact that it can be used on other Aggressively. people. Aggressively.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I want to know who came up with this plan.
0: <laughs> Strap nanny. This is the Garrett. dumbest nanny,
2: plan. No, no,
1: no, no. no. Nanny, nanny came, came up with, with this plan. plan for sure.
0: She said, here, hold my beer.
1: Right? <laughs> See hold my beers. what had
2: happened was,
1: yeah, one in each hand. Hold them. Hold
2: my beers. <clears throat> Calm down and see if there's any beer left in that can. <laughs> so what they're gonna do is like a lawn darts, right? <laughs> Nanny is going to change into Lord General Laris, the guy that governs this area. Gareth is gonna fly over the city and they're gonna drop Nanny in.
0: No one's gonna wonder why the Lord Governor is, <laughs> f- is floating, floating down around. from
1: the sky. Great <laughs> <laughs> right no, 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 plan. No no, 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 no. The best part about this is when she is actually attached to Gareth, she is gonna be in like her nanny form she's and then when she disconnects
2: she's gonna like change on the way down so she'll be morphing <laughs> and flying through the air
0: I, you know what I hear you gotta hear do this, this on
2: the outskirts of town so like only the junkies are hanging out out there <laughs> and nobody will believe it and if he's walking
0: around with the junkies he'll be like what the heck is right. the Lord, name? but you know what when I, when I hear this the way we've kind of summarized this all I can think about is like a four year old telling a story to their
2: dad <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's good that's nice son
2: Dad, the governor fell out of the sky and was first an old lady and then the governor. That's nice, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dad, I swear it was I. I saw it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure thing, buddy. Or when Randy cool. Quaid is trying to talk about being abducted by the aliens and in Independence, Independence Day, and nobody will believe him because they just think he's crazy. But he was exactly, exactly
0: crazy. Andy was abducted by aliens,
2: right? But when they get into the, uh, when Nanny gets into the center, she'll go into the, or into the city, she'll go into the security center looking like Lord General Laris, and she will get the printouts for the names that they have that are in this city. So that's the whole point, is for somebody to be able to get into the security center without them having to make a big deal. You know, she can just walk in there dressed as him and not have to worry about it. So the plane lands after this particularly rough uh, landing, and Farley unbuckles her seatbelt and runs out of the plane <laughs> and pukes all over the place.
1: <laughs> so Farley's this is a thing that's been she's happening. Throwing up, she's just curling like crazy recently. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. If anyone can figure out what's going on with Farley and email us. Before it is revealed, then gold star for you. Bonus points, right.
2: (laughs) Farley says that if Nanny liked the landing, (laughs) then she's going to love being strapped to (laughs) Gareth. Like, if you thought that was fun, then you are going to love flying through the air.
1: With a man that is... Yeah,
2: just strapped to this dude.
1: (laughs) That is it is manipulating gravity. And that he's, he's only been doing this for a little bit.
2: Yeah. Gareth laughs and says that when he flew with Farley a few nights ago, she messed his shoes all up when they landed. So basically she <laughs> horked all over his <laughs> shoes when they landed. <laughs> and, and And she's like trying to just kind of oh. shake the whole thing off. You know, she doesn't want to talk about why she's been throwing up so much lately or man you know, the motion sickness she's been having from the jet she doesn't you want know, to talk about
1: know if, if i had a nickel for every time they mentioned farley vomiting i'd have a, f- a few nickels i'd have like five nickels it's not a
2: lot but it's weird that it's happened like five <laughs> times
1: uh oh i saw that joke in a, a like a joke formatted like that in a comment section that i like never would have thought i'd see that joke in and i was just like well huh. We're everywhere.
2: If I had a nickel for every time I woke up and Taylor Swift had dropped a surprise album? Is that...
1: No. That joke? Oh. It was it, it was formatted the same way. You know, the... If I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a...
2: Which isn't that, a lot, but that it's that weird that it thing. happened twice.
1: Yeah. But it, I don't remember what was actually put in there, oh, but I was like, so. huh. It's fun.
2: Phineas and Ferb fans are everywhere. They are
1: everywhere. We're taking over. <laughs> As We
2: should. So we all know all the cool science experiments.
1: Mm-hmm. Baking soda volcano.
2: Always <laughs> make robotic arms and use them to build a baking soda volcano.
1: Fantastic. First place at every
2: science fair. Every science fair. And then some ants make you their queen. Yeah.
0: So to sum up, right? Farley's been throwing up. A lot. Farley's
2: been yes. throwing up a lot. So she runs outside to puke. Everybody goes out after her. This leaves Cal and Mare alone on the plane. For a little bit. And for some reason, in the daylight, she's afraid to be alone with him. At night, she's fine. During the day, she doesn't want to be alone with him. She doesn't want to have to actually have any type of meaningful conversation. That's so backwards.
0: That's so mere.
2: (laughs) Yep. They're just a comfort to each other by the time they go to sleep. It's just so the other one doesn't have to sleep alone, but they're not communicating during the day. I'm sure there's things that he wants to tell her. We know there's things that she wants to tell him and they're just not communicating because both of them are scared they're going to hurt the other one. Right. And she's afraid that if she starts telling him things on how she feels that he's just going to split or reveal some other side of himself that she hasn't seen before like with Maven.
1: Right. She's, she's just kind of like putting this wall up Because she's been hurt so bad and she doesn't ever want to feel like that again. Yeah. And I get it. Right.
2: Well, he combats that a little bit and he's like, you need to go talk to Kalorn. And she's like, I don't want to talk to him. I don't have anything to say to Kalorn, basically.
1: No. Uh Uh-uh. Right. I don't want
2: to talk to Kalorn. And... He's like, oh, that's funny. You're usually such a good liar.
1: Oh, burn. He is
2: calling her out on this one. Like, it's obviously bothering you that you and Kalorn are not speaking. You need to go patch this up. And she spins on him to try to give him the what for. And she's staring at his chest. Because <laughs> he's 18 inches taller than she is. <laughs>
1: and then, it's like staring at his and abdomen. then she's, and another thing cow. And then she's just like, well, I look better than you. Right. Nothing I say is going to snap him out of this little tantrum, she says, while having a tantrum. <laughs> like,
2: exactly. She
1: is throwing a tantrum right now and is like, he's being childish. You hear yourself, right, girl? Exactly.
2: And Cal's like, you know, every night he comes to me and asks if he can come with us the next day on whatever run we're doing. Aww. Every single day. He asks if he can go with them. Uh-huh. Mayor does not have the same reaction Mia just had. <laughs> she gets real mad. He's, She's like, oh, he talks to you, does he? He runs when he sees me, but he'll talk to you. But he I w- get it. He won't
1: talk to me because of you. So why on earth would he actually come to you?
2: Yeah. and And he has to like grab her face and make her look up at him and be like, Do you really not understand why he's mad? It's not me he's mad at.
1: He's not angry because of us. Yeah.
2: He respects Mare enough to let her make her own choices. It's not because she's choosing to sleep in Cal's bedchamber that he's upset.
0: He's upset because he can't go on the missions and he knows she's the reason why. Right. That's why he's mad.
1: And then Cal says what all of us have been saying since basically the series started. He's not a child. You don't have to protect him. Yeah. It is not your job to keep him safe. He's not a kid anymore and
2: he doesn't want you lording over him. She gets even more mad and basically oh starts laughing like maniacal laughter like this is funny to her
1: this is the how
2: point how dare she try to keep kalorn alive this entire time
1: and this is the point where cal's like slowly backing away like i've made a mistake right. i think she's going to crack like a baking
2: soda <laughs> volcano he's, he's like right right So, yeah, I'll I'll see you
0: around. She's going to blow. She's
2: like, bring him next time. Let him fall into a pit. Let him stumble into a grave. Since when do you care about him? Like, what difference does it make to you, Cal? Why do you keep telling him not to come if he comes to you every night and says, I want to go? Why do you keep telling him no?
1: And then, so, Mare doesn't really wait around to hear the answer. She starts storming off, and she's like, but I hear his answer anyway. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, and it's not for his sake. Like, it's for yours, it's basically. Girl. Yeah.
1: So, let Most me get of the this time straight. you're so self centered. Exactly. And this is the time when you're not thinking about yourself. She wants
2: the world to revolve around her until it does, and then she gets mad because everything revolves around her and rests on her. Yes. It's Like, well, then why do I have to be responsible for all of this? Because you, you want you it want to it be. To. I thought it came with a biscuit. Right. I don't I understand, understand the,
0: the attitude. attitude. Yeah, I agree.
2: <clears throat> so she storms off. She's all mad. She doesn't want to be near Cal's beefiness. <laughs> She's like, I guess I'll go over here where it's cold His or whatever. beef And as they're coming down off the jet, they're finishing strapping Nanny As Lord General Larris. Did they just wrap duct
0: tape around her and him?
2: (laughs) No, they have the harness off of a jet seat. Like they've unwrapped it from a jet seat and they're ratcheting uh, the harness onto. This is their
1: weird like jerry-rigged harness. They're kind of just like, eh, eh. it on
0: there. It's something I think you would see driving in Arkansas with all the... Yard art and some of
1: the trailers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I just think um, about how the- Oh, well, that's
0: funny. She's in, duct taped to that guy.
1: <laughs> I just think about how in Christmas Vacation, they put the tree on top of the car and how they got that tree to stay on top of the car.
2: And the roots are all hanging out the back. Yeah,
1: it, but it's, they have to like pin it down. It's like, there's how, honestly how. That or, doesn't look like it should work.
2: Yeah, or in My Name is Earl, when they, had the, they drove an El Camino, but they had the two little kids, so they just had them- in seats in the back of the alchemy
0: <laughs> not strapped anything yeah, not strapped anything just seats anything, back, to just seats
2: back. so great so they're they're she's as Lord Laris and they're strapping her to this smaller boy child person <laughs> boy child person and then she's like she morphs back into her regular self and it's like oh I guess it'd be lighter that way and it's
1: like then why didn't you do that before they did this and and then she's having so much fun being disguised it it, it would
0: look like you know how the the fathers walk around with the baby things Mm -hmm. that have the babies in the front so they can face forward it's like that, but only if the baby the had baby the adult. Was <laughs> the baby had they make the, yeah. that
2: Halloween costume where you put on a onesie and then and and but and it's like wrapped around you the carrier thing, but then it's like you're the giant baby and you have your dad on
1: your back yeah. or
2: whatever. I've seen that Halloween costume before,
1: funny. like those the whole Grandma. series of inflatable yeah. ones. Right, right.
2: <laughs> Mare has to cover her hands to stifle a giggle. And that made me ask a serious question. Is this the first time we've ever seen her laugh?
1: No. Genuinely laugh? I don't think so. I think she's done this, like, I have to Because I mean, stifle she's a like, giggle before.
2: But she's, like, stifling a guffaw. <laughs> she's not stifling a giggle. She's, like, about to just bray out like a donkey, and she has to cover her hand because this is the wrong time to laugh like that. Just, like... I just... I. I, from what I can remember, I don't think I we've seen her not get to, this tickled about something.
1: Not to this extent, but there definitely has been some times where she's been like she could laugh, she just isn't. Yeah,
2: like laughing at cow being a big dumb animal sometimes. But <laughs> I don't know this again. right. This part where she just is so visibly cracked up, it, 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 it makes me happy. Right, made my heart dance a little bit because she's actually capable of laughing and smiling and seeing the humor in something. So, Gareth pats Nanny on the head and, like, tells her to keep her arms in and her head down and, you know, it might help her to close her eyes. And she says, I've had my eyes closed my whole life. Huh. Aw. That's so sweet. And then we get the description of what it looks like when Gareth, quote unquote, flies. And like you said, Mia, he doesn't—he doesn't have to like bend his legs and jump yeah. into the air or anything. He just puts his palms out and he like rises, he starts levitating, yeah. just starts rising. It, it and is then not just rises and rises and rises until they're just a tiny little speck.
1: It is not your typical superhero flying. No. Yeah,
2: Mare describes it as if looking like the threads of gravity of gravity are just being unraveled. As he, as he raises up, like it, this should not be happening. <laughs> Basically, she's looking at it, going, "How is this even possible? This and should then, not be happening." And
1: then, like it tightens, and they come back down a little bit, and that's how they actually move. Yeah, they just they go like up and down, uh, up and down. Yeah.
2: So Nanny probably is going to love that if she liked the jet ride. Oh yeah, I could see why it would make Farley puke. It makes <laughs> you puke for sure. You would hate that. Yes.
1: Uh you know what, Nanny would love. Roller coasters. Get her on a quality roller coaster.
2: Heck yeah. The VelociCoaster. Best roller coaster I've ever been on in my whole entire life.
1: Never Will never go on it. So awesome. Not a roller coaster person. Love it.
2: So after they fly off, our little group heads over the cliff (laughs) towards this city that used to be called Rosen.
1: So... Farley is the first to look away and she's just like, I feel like she's looking at it and just looking at it almost makes her want to puke again. So she's just like, anyway. Can't watch that. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go
2: over here. Uh, Rosin was like a coal mining community and a coal fire destroyed the whole thing. So basically the town exploded. Like somehow something got ignited and everything just burned. And the reds and silvers both that lived there had to abandon everything. So the mines are still there. There are some houses that weren't burned that actually still have things in them. Like she says it literally looks like everybody picked up and left town overnight and then a giant thing of ash settled on top of it after they left.
1: Yeah, there's like a stores that still have things in them.
2: Yeah. And Cal says that he can still feel a fire burning, but that it's somewhere deep. Something is still on fire. So somewhere down in a mine, he can still feel a heat source radiating. And they look over in like the distance and they could see all the mine shafts are boarded up. And there's one that's still got smoke. Coming up out of it. So there is indeed still a fire somewhere underground and Cal can't just like wave it away because everything here is flammable. So this is not a fire that he can manipulate without catching everything else that's still there that hasn't burned up on fire yet. So he's not really handy in this particular sense. Farley is not wasting any time scouting out the area. On fire or not, she really doesn't care. Like ground's going to fall in, she doesn't
1: care. <laughs> She's like I I'll be fine. I've survived so much right. up to this point. I really I I don't think I can be killed yeah. <laughs> at this point. I feel invincible. Right. Let's go.
2: Pretty much. Shade is literally like 18 <laughs> inches from her watching her the entire time.
0: Yeah, where to goes, Shade where is shade right ghost, behind. Yeah,
2: Shade goes.
1: It, it just, it kind of reminds me of when I was younger and Grant would just like trail me everywhere I went unless we specifically had to tell him, no, she's going on her own, you stay here. But what's she gonna do while she's gone?
2: <laughs> she'll be fine, buddy, she'll be back.
1: But what am I
2: couldn't do while she's gone. <laughs> uh, whatever you did before she was born, yeah, seven whole years before she was here. Find He's, one of the things you did then and do it.
0: He has always loved his sissy.
1: Yeah, but sometimes he would kind of follow me around like a lost puppy.
2: Yeah, or like yeah. at Emon Epos when you go into the bathroom and <laughs> Carrie follows you in there because she wants you to pet her. And then thirty seconds after you're in there, she's done with you petting her, and she's at the door, and she wants to leave. She starts like, and you're like, "Nah, nope, you door. followed me in here. Now you're in here as long as I am." That's no. why I don't. I don't even want to be in, in here
0: sometimes, and you're in here
2: too. And now you're in here too. But most of the time, she just comes back for petting. So you're just petting her while you're using the bathroom. Uh, Mare makes a comment that Rosin is the grayest place she's ever seen. And there's literally a place called Greytown. <laughs> so right. this is grayer than Greytown. I don't know what's grayer than Grey, but apparently it's this.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: I, I don't, I, 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 I. Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> Mayor says where Greytown had an albeit blackened, but still beating heart, this town is dead. There is not a single living soul here. She can't feel electricity. She can't feel anything except Kate, that Mayor, one. There's that one fire burning and that's like it.
1: You may have spoken a little bit too soon. Maybe.
2: She also wonders if there's bone dust
1: in the air they're breathing. The-
2: Gross, <laughs>
1: Mayor. She's like are we breathing in like ew like human ashes like girl stop like, do I have somebody's
2: bones in my lungs now it's like shut up is it in uh. my hair ew that's so
1: gross
2: so they're kind of looking in the windows of the buildings that are still standing there's not very many but there's parts of it that are still standing and she finds a tiny little window in this little small building but inside is a library and there's just books rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of books and she's all excited because this is all stuff she can take back to Ada because
0: she can just gobble up and yeah. memorize
2: possibly new things for her to learn um, and Farley, like, comes running over her shoulder with a rock and smashes the window. It's like, I mean, I guess we could have found an easier way to get to the books than smashing the window, but that's fine. And all she says is, they were trapped. Mare's like,
1: what? What? And then
2: a huge (laughs) flock of crows explodes from the broken window. Flies out of there, giving 50% discounts off solar panels everywhere. (laughs) Soul panel. So knocking girls over that are trying to take craps on the side of the road, <laughs> mass hysteria, three point turns everywhere.
1: So I
0: nice pandemic reference.
1: We we, get well, we another, did just watch
2: it. So we did.
1: We get another classic Farley in here. I uh, Farley's back to her her old self in this moment, and she she smirks obviously at Cal and is like. Did I scare you, your highness?
2: Yeah, because apparently these birds sound like kids
1: crying.
2: That's that's kind of disturbing.
1: disturbing. What? I'm kind of disturbed at Farley
2: for not letting this bother her. (laughs) Like, how is this not bothering you?
1: (laughs) I, I guess the idea is, like, Cal is bothered by the fact that she broke a window and then they flew out. Mare is the one that's really bothered by their, like, Crying. Crying. Yeah.
2: Cal is surprised. Mare is horrified. And when Cal opens his mouth to defend himself about being scared, another voice (sighs) pipes up instead of Cal's.
1: This guy! God!
2: You want to take this line, Greg?
1: I don't think any of us want to take this line.
0: Oh, the voice that pops out now?
1: Uh
2: huh. Yeah. Which, this man seems to appear out of nowhere. He's completely gray with blood red eyes. So picture that. That's not terrifying at all. And then he says this
0: Not yet, Diana Farley.
2: (laughs) (gasps) Bum bum bum! Gray dude, how do you know my name? Because nobody knows my full name. Everybody just calls me Farley.
0: And I get, when he like comes out. I How get do you the, know
1: that I exist at all, first of all? The
0: way it's written, it almost seems like he kind of rises up out of the ash. Yeah. Like he or was like, just laying there and he just I
2: think, stood up. Th- I think everything around them is so gray.
1: That he walked up there. They just don't
2: notice him until he's like right on top of them. Because right.
1: he's also wearing like gray clothes. Yeah. His skin is gray. Everything is, kind is of gray. gray. And he says, though
2: you will. You all will. So, it's it's not it's not coming just for her. Like everybody is going to have some serious issues coming up pretty soon. Cal and Mayor both spark up yeah, their uh, they, respectable yeah, abilities. Bring
1: up their respective yeah.
2: Weapons. Farley grabs a gun and points it right at this dude. Like everybody is on edge. Nobody knows who this guy is. (laughs) And and Shade's pretty darn familiar with them.
1: Shade's just like, I
2: ready to jump at a moment's notice. Yeah. Yes. The guy steps right up to Mare and addresses her fully. You know, says Mare Barrow, but with a sigh, like her name is really heavy. Like hard for him to say. And he's like, I feel like I already know you. She is not cool with this. (laughs) Because anybody that would say that would have seen the broadcasts and think that she is a seductive murderer. So that's not the introduction that she wants to get from this dude that seemingly appeared out of nowhere. And somehow knows Farley's first name that nobody else knows. Yes. Yeah. And he's not, Mare says he thinks he's not physically imposing, but something about him causes fear. Like There's he's something just, not right about this dude. Uh, you know, he just kind of materialized out of nowhere. He knows he, everybody's names. He
1: looks really creepy. Yeah. There's just, there's some sort of air about him where you're just, you're uncomfortable in his presence.
2: Well,
0: and none of us know this guy, but he, know he, he
1: knows, he seems yeah. to
0: know us.
2: She yeah. says, who are you? Uh. And he looks at them one by one and each down the line as he's going and looking at them like his face falls little by little as he's going down the line. Like he's looking over them and not liking what he's seeing for whatever reason until it basically looks like he's going to cry. And he says to them, the new bloods of Pataris are dead. The king waits for you there. And they're all just like, uh, Uh, what? what?" Yeah, exactly. And before they can actually say that, he says, I know because I have seen it, Tiberius. Because Cal was obviously going to be the first one that's like, hey, dude, what the blah, 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 blah. Just like you, just like I saw you coming. And uh, Farley says, what do you mean saw? She is not having any of this at all. Farley's
1: reaction to this guy is so good. Yeah. Like, I don't like seeing her angry, but I kind of like seeing her angry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't want Farley to be angry, but she's really funny when she is. Yeah.
2: She steps right up to him with that gun and is like, tell me, you know, what do you mean by saw? That's an interesting word. Tell me what it means. And he says, such a temper, Diana, and sidesteps her as she charges at him.
1: God, I already want to punch this guy in the face.
2: And so she does it again, and he dodges her again. Mare yells to stop. And that surprises everyone, even Mare. Like... Why should we stop? You know, this guy is obviously bad news. We need to try to control him right now because we do not know what's about to happen. The
1: real surprising thing is that Farley listens. That's what surprises me about this whole thing. Does she That Farley actually, at least for the moment she stops. For the moment.
2: But she starts making her way behind him, circling behind him, like, you know, taking him in from all angles. Mare asks again what his name is. And his response is that it doesn't matter because it's not on her list. Like, if you want to know my name because you want to know if I'm on your list, don't bother. I'm not on it.
1: So, we won't get to learn his name until the next chapter, which is fun because we just have to call him this guy. This
2: dude. gray dude. (laughs) He is not even from Norda. So, he wouldn't be on any list that she would have seen. He is from Beyond the Borders. And, uh... Before she can even ask how he knows about the list, Farley comes charging at him from behind, soundlessly, you know, just charging right at his back. There should be no way that he would know that she is coming. Yet before she gets to him, he steps out of the way.
1: And then she She falls face
2: first into the dirt and she is not happy at all. She jumps right back up and is like, you're going to dodge this? And cocks the gun and puts a bullet in the chamber like, you know, can you dodge a bullet coming out of my gun?
1: Farley. Chill. Yeah. He
2: says, I won't have to. Will I, Miss Barrow? She's like, "Um, I don't know why you're asking me about
1: this. And then it clicks. Yeah. Then she gets it.
2: Yeah. She says, Farley, leave him be. He's another new blood. And then Cal catches on, too, like, oh, I oh, get it. Oh, yeah, okay. He says, you're, you're an eye. You can see the future.
1: And uh, This guy's reaction is hilarious. Yeah.
2: The man scoffs, waving a hand. An eye sees only what they look for. Their sight is narrower than a blade of grass. Again, he fixes us with his sad scarlet stare but I see everything.
1: And that's the end of the chapter.
2: That's our cliffhanger for this chapter. I see What does he everything. mean by everything? He can obviously see Farley charging at him from behind when she is not arising any senses that he would have that are of this earth. So he must have...
1: Though, to be honest... Extrasensory perception. So could an eye. That is one thing that they indeed could see. That's why that's what Cal said, because everything that he's been doing is like, it was right before it would have happened. Um, but this dude's like, nah, I'm just better though.
2: Right. I can't, I can't see just what's gonna happen right in the distant future. I can see literally everything. Yeah. So we won't find anything else out until next chapter about this guy, but holy cow. <laughs> you guys Is he are
0: obnoxious. In for it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: wouldn't you be, though?
0: I don't know. I would be if, that big of a douche.
1: If you could do this, though, like if this was what you. Imagine having to live with that. Like, you can literally see from this from whenever the present is all the, all way, the way down to the down end of that
2: person's life yeah like you look somebody in the face and you can see their entire life and how their it doesn't die. end well then it's probably not going to be make you look real happy which explains the tears so foreshadowing <laughs> love that all right wow yeah Crazy stuff. So we have Gareth and Nanny flying over Pataris.
0: Duct tape to each other. (laughs) Yep.
2: Duct tape, ratchet strapped onto her like they're moving a dryer. (laughs) You can hear it in place, like ratchet strapping it down. All right, she's good. But, uh, yeah, she ain't going anywhere. A man has to come over and pull on it two or three times to make sure that it's set. And then another man has to come over and also pull on (laughs) it to check
1: and make sure. That the first guy wasn't just doing it wrong. Yeah. Then we have to go down the list until everyone is sure that the previous person did not do it wrong. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it's okay.
2: However, we have just been told... That the prince is, or that the king is there waiting for them. And they've just sent Gareth and Nanny there. So, also, what's going to happen with Gareth and Nanny? Are they going to drop Nanny straight into enemy lines and Maven is going to be waiting there to catch her like honeymoon in Vegas?
0: Tune in next week to find out.
2: Tune in next week to find out. Once again, we want to thank you guys for hanging out with us this week. We really appreciate you all being here. Feel like this was some great discussion on this chapter. This oh, yes. sets up a lot of things. There were a lot of um I have no other way to say it. Balls in the air for this chapter. Laugh all you want. Um there's, but there, there's there's a lot of cogs setting down into place. How yes. about that? A lot of pieces are being put into place
1: for yes. some big
2: things that are about to happen.
1: And like I said, this second half of this chapter really just sets up the next chapter. Yeah, so much stuff is getting
2: ready to happen, so. So much. So much, yep. Thank you guys so much for being here. Head over to Instagram, catch us over there. That is at reading with the Rockefellers. You can shoot us an email. Uh, We like getting fan art, fan casting ideas, all that great kind of stuff. That is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. You can head over to www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. That has all of our episodes there and our blog. Um, There's a link to click to email us, all that kind of stuff. Send us a message through the website. So there's plenty of ways you can interact with us. Um, Just a reminder, the first season is all on YouTube. So you can head over to YouTube and get uh, video versions of our episodes. And our special quiz show episode is available over there. Mia is already writing quiz show episodes for this book. So all of that will happen when we finally finish Glass Sword.
1: And this one will be much better than the last one. That means not just to... quiz-wise, but also in production value. We're right. probably still we're probably just going to do it audio only. Um because the we'll video see. did not work out very well. Yeah,
2: we, we had different equipment last we, year.
0: We also will we need to start our preliminary discussions on the next post book. Casting episodes because yes. there will be yes. some new characters and maybe some new people maybe brought in different ideas, ideas yeah. for original
2: characters. So send us all that stuff, guys. If you've been hesitant about sending in your suggestions because you think we're going to laugh or whatever, don't. We love to hear from you guys. So jump on Instagram, shoot us an email, however you want to interact with us. We said at the end of our last episode. I just want to reiterate um, when we got our Spotify wrapped for the year, we were so excited to see how many of you guys are out there listening. So thank you so much for hanging in there with us through this first year. We really are happy that you are here with us.
1: It makes us so happy that people are enjoying what we enjoy to do. Yeah. We enjoy recording this and we're happy that some people enjoy listening to it.
2: Yeah. This is our fun family time to get together And do this. And we really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us as well. Thank you all so much. We love each and every one of you that comes back and joins us every week. So hang in there and we will see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.